From the Western Riverside Council of Governments, I'm Rachel Singer, and this is CogCast. The League of California Cities, also known as CalCities, is an association of California city officials who work together to exchange information and combine resources so that they can influence policy decisions that directly affect cities. CalCities plays a key role in local government affairs, and to talk more about this past year and major relevant topics is CalCities Regional Public Affairs Manager for Riverside County, Erin Sassy. So Erin, thanks for being here today. Um, As a kid, did you know that you wanted to grow up and work in the public sector? What led you to find this career path? I did not. I actually wanted to be a veterinarian. That was my plan all of my childhood. Yeah, I love animals. I wanted to go to UC Davis because at the time they were the only vet school in California. Um, I got into high school. This was still pretty much my plan. And then I started in a YMCA program called Youth in Government. And it's basically a statewide program with over 2000 high school kids, um, sophomore to senior, and they elect their own governor. They write their own laws. They go to Sacramento, use the Senate and Assembly chambers, debate legislation. There's a court program. I mean, it has everything the state government has and then some. And I had no idea what I was going into. My mom used to work for the YMCA and she was like, we're going to start this program and you're going to do it. And I was just like, okay, super overwhelming, but I loved it. And um, once I did that, I decided I want to work in politics. Um, (laughs) So uh, if I only could give myself advice, you know, going back then I would, maybe I still should have been a veterinarian, but it's been a great, it's been a great career path. I really do enjoy it. I still went to UC Davis, which allowed me to actually intern in the Capitol, in the legislature when I was in school. So I was really fortunate that I was able to get a job um, before I even graduated from college in, in politics. So it worked out, I guess you could say. Yeah, definitely. That's amazing that as a kid, the interest was really sparked by a cool program like that. That's also a very robust program. It's changed a lot since then. I volunteered with it for many years. Um, And I'll definitely say that going to virtual world has hurt it a little bit, but um, it's a great program. Uh, I think that these are the people that really vote. A lot of legislators have actually participated in the program when they were younger. Uh, Governor George George Dupasian and his wife always spent their anniversary, which was Valentine's Day with us, and they set up an endowment because he thought it was such a great program. So um, I'm really fortunate that that I was able to participate in it. So thanks again so much for being here and taking the time to be a part of the podcast. Um, Can you maybe just share a bit of background about the League of Cities and your role maybe um, at the organization? Yes. So the League of California Cities has a new moniker. We are now called Cal Cities. So we're trying to move to that um, just to have a little bit of a a refresh and rebrand. We were established in 1898. So we've been around really long time. Um, Probably one of the older associations out there. Um, We are a membership association. Cities that are incorporated 
can choose to join, most do. And really we are here to expand and protect local control for cities through education and advocacy to enhance the quality of life for Californians. So we provide a lot of education. We provide a lot of lobbying and advocate, advocacy resources. Um, you know, it's really important for us to support local self-governments. We feel like that's really the cornerstone of democracy. Our strength lies in the unity of diverse communities. Um, it's really important to have involvement from stakeholders in establishing goals and, and problem solving. We conduct business in government with transparency, openness, respect, and we really like to have, you know, an honest public service that builds communities. Mm. We think that cities are vital to the strength of California and, you know, their fiscal stability is vital to the strength of California. Mm -hmm. And we really um, try to promote the active participation from all of our city officials, from city staff, at all levels of government. And we think that partnerships and collaborate, collaboration are really important. Mm -hmm. um, that's really what we focus on. You know, we try to make sure that we have a clear and effective voice. And a lot of that comes from the diversity of our state. So mm -hmm. it's important for me to make sure that all of our cities here in Riverside County um, are participating and are getting their voices heard. So my job is a lot of times to be that intermediary to connect our cities at all levels of government and just to make sure that we're working together, we're sharing best practices, and we're really representing our region mm -hmm. at the state level and the federal level. For sure. So that kind of is a really nice segue into what I was, I'm just a little bit curious. So using the new moniker as Cal Cities, how does Cal Cities fit into the larger picture of local, state, and the federal government um, in, in each of those different kind of um, niches, if you will? The League of California Cities, Cal Cities, does represent cities. So first and foremost, you know, we're a city association, but, you know, in order to be strong and effective, you have to work with all levels of government. So mm -hmm. we have regional divisions across the state here, Riverside, it's all of the cities in Riverside County. So first we work together as a region, as cities. How can we be stronger as cities, but how can we be strong as a region? We really advocate mostly with the state. We do a lot, a lot of lobbying with the state legislature, with the governor's office. That's probably our primary focus when mm -hmm. it comes to advocacy. Um, but we do work with the National League of Cities on more federal advocacy. So, you know, here locally, we work with our state legislators, with our federal congressional members, our federal senators, to really make sure that our voices are being heard. And that's really what the Cal Cities. Um, is all about, you know, we help advocate on behalf of our city. So, mm -hmm. you know, you see the importance of regional collaboration, but also statewide and federal collaboration. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So it's a, it's a very, it's a holistic approach to the different, if you will, tiers of government, local, state, and federal. And we're a little bit different than other organizations, you know, other boards and commissions. I know we have a lot here and even WRCOG, you know, a city will be a member and they designate one person mm -hmm. with maybe a backup to serve on that border commission. Mm -hmm. With us, if you're a member of the league, everybody within the city is a member. So mm -hmm. it's not only just for the elected officials, it's also for the city staff. And we have a lot of different ways for city staff and electeds to get involved with the league and to get you know education opportunities. We've got various departments, um, the city managers, city clerks, public works officers, 
we have a lot of listservs so they can communicate. So, you know, once you're a member of the league, anybody can participate. It's not, you know, you can only do this or you can only do that. Or if you haven't been designated, then you can't come. So we're very open that way. Mm -hmm. And bringing a lot of great resources too to all to city managers, to elected officials um, throughout the year as well. So um, kind of zeroing in more on the legislature, um, it's obviously been a very unique and dynamic year, to say it nicely. And I'm just curious, from your perspective, what have been some of the things that you've noticed that have been different um, in the legislature as compared to previous years? I will say that 2020 was a first for all of us. (laughs) Um, 2021 is looking pretty interesting already (laughs) as well. So um, I think it's going to be a continuation you know, I will say that um, in my career, I've been doing work in politics for over 20 years now, and things have changed. You know, we used to have term limits, which before we had the term limits, the legislature was a lot more collegial. Um, there was a lot more bipartisanship. People were around a lot longer, so they had a lot of um, knowledge and you know, there wasn't so much fighting. I think moving forward, the shift in term limits where you can serve in one house for longer, I mean, I think that that's created a little bit more stability, but there's just has been a lot of divisiveness. And I think 2020 just um, increased that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's been a very difficult year with with the pandemic. Uh, Things, government has had to change at all levels. Mm -hmm. We've had to figure out how to operate without in-person meetings. Um, I think that's been very challenging for the legislature in in particular. Mm -hmm. The calendar year was condensed because they weren't able to really meet in person for health risks, but then the houses had differences in how they wanted to operate. There's been a lot of infighting within the legislature. There's been a lot of fighting amongst the the two houses in the legislature. There's been a lot of tension between the governor and the legislature. Mm -hmm. And then there's a lot of tension between the federal government and all the states. Mm -hmm. Um, The cities have really been left to be kind of the stable voice for our communities. Mm -hmm. And they haven't been given the resources that they really need to, to, um, the resources that need to be effective, but they're doing the best they can. This year, you know, I think we've seen a lot of mistrust in the government at all levels for various reasons. Um, unfortunately, that is also trickle, trickling down to the cities um, because you know the public doesn't always understand the different roles too and where laws are being made. So as the pandemic has continued and laws have changed and we've opened and closed and had different things, there's a lot of confusion with the general public of who makes these decisions and who's responsible for carrying out the decisions and that's challenging. Um, you know, obviously the governor sets priorities. He's done a lot of executive orders. The legislature is usually responsible for legislation. They've been pretty distant. The cities, you know, the county has a layer with their public health and then the cities, but the cities are the really the ones implementing everything. Um, so it's been, you know, it's been a very challenging year for all, all levels of government. I don't really see that changing. I think what 
What is going to change is the legislature wants to be more hands-on now. Um, I think they want to have more of a voice. Um, I know that they're starting to push back on the governor. The priorities haven't really changed that much. Housing is going to be a huge priority moving forward. They didn't get to accomplish a lot of their goals last year because of the condensed session, because of all of the infighting. Um, they really had to just focus in on what the priorities were and really just do that. But that's that's the other issue. There's a lot of c- conflicting priorities. So it's, <laughs> it really comes down to what is going to win, who's going to have the strongest voice and where are we going to settle? Because um, everything can't be done. And I think there's been an acknowledgement that maybe some of the legislation that has been enacted is actually hindering some progress. So, um, you know, the legislature's also gotten pretty polarized. I think there's now in each party, you know, a, a really strong presence. And then there's this growing middle area and it's now the middle areas fighting their more progressive sides of their respective parties. So I think politically there's a lot of potential for change and it's kind of which voice is going to prevail in the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I think, you know, with the changes in how we operate in government, you know, going to this virtual world, uh, there's a lot more opportunities for engagement from the community and for cities even. So, you know, at the city council level, they've had to figure out, well, what do we do for public comment if we can't have the public in in city hall during a council meeting? You know, so email, Zoom, or all the various platforms, you know, virtual platforms, phone calls have all been allowed. And at the city level, there's been a big increase in participation. I think at the state level, they haven't quite been as open to that, but they're moving towards that, which also affords a lot of opportunities because especially for us in Southern California, if you wanna testify on a bill, you have to be in Sacramento. Mm-hmm. So unless you have the resources to send somebody there or a lobbyist in Sacramento or even in Washington DC, you know, it's really challenging to get your voice heard. Yes, letters are important. Yes, emails are important, phone calls. But to have that actual testimony during a debate you know, if you haven't been in the room, you haven't been able to do it. But now there might be more opportunities and more, um, you know, there might be more willingness to allow some of these email, virtual phone call testimony. So I think that that's something that could be really beneficial that could come out of this new environment, this new virtual environment that we're all operating in. Yeah. And I think that that's something that we have seen across the board um, so at least in our local community, I can speak to that a little bit more of seeing government, seeing organizations, seeing businesses have to innovate to adapt to the constantly changing circumstances. So I do want to center in a little bit more on inland SoCal counties like Riverside and San Bernardino. Um, So our region is really poised to continue to be one of the fastest growing regions in California. So from a policy perspective, um, what do you think we need to focus on in order to grow responsibly? All right. From a policy perspective, we need to have plans that include the community and not always a state directive. You know, the state a lot of times comes down and says, this is how you have to do it, but not every area is the same. We don't necessarily have the transit 
that other areas have. Mm -hmm. So you can't necessarily say you have to build this way and rely on transit and it be successful. So I think that most importantly, we need to make sure that our communities have input and our cities have input. You know, we are an area that is pretty dependent on cars mm -hmm. and the state shouldn't be dictating policy that punishes us for that. We don't have the infrastructure that other areas have. Mm -hmm. We shouldn't villainize single family development in a region that embraces single family development. Um, we need to have a proper mix of jobs and housing. You know, we need to bring additional jobs here that help that help make our economy thrive. We need economic development tools to help attract jobs to our region. You know, housing is more affordable here than other areas, but it's not necessarily affordable for everybody. Mm -hmm. And we have an area that embraces development, but we can lay the framework. We can have general plans that say, yes, come develop, but we can't force developers to build. And there's a lot of regulations that hinder development. Mm -hmm. So I think it would be beneficial for us to just keep getting our story out there. I mean, we do embrace projects. We say come and build. And there are a lot of projects. I know that even this past year, the permits and the development has increased in a lot of our communities, but it doesn't necessarily mean that we can meet all of the requirements that the state is putting on us. Mm -hmm. You know, we still have RENA numbers that are very challenging. And, you know, we just really need to, for, to focus on how we can have smart growth that works for our region. Mm -hmm. And it really, like I said before, it is not a one size fits all approach. We just need to make sure that we can grow in a smart way, work towards our goals, but not necessarily be forced into some one size fit all box. Mm -hmm. You know, and the legislature also enacts a lot of legislation, but doesn't always give time to let it pan out, you know, so one year we have all of these things thrown at us and then the next year they change those and add to them and we really need time to allow everything to just start to work itself out and we need time to really embrace some of these policies and work through them before we know how they're going to work you know i think that some of the adu legislation and the fourplex legislation i mean we have to have time to even start to work those into our plans before you change them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you, st you started talking about housing, which is definitely a, a hot topic, if you will, for our state, but for our region as well. So I wanted to zero in on that and kind of focus on housing for just a minute. Um, so generally speaking, the state seems to be focusing on by right zoning as a solution to housing issues. So do you think you could just maybe break down what is by right zoning first? And then um, secondly, what is the league's position on it? So by right housing is really a development policy that prioritizes the development of higher density multifamily housing through uniform codified or consistent zoning and development regulations. Really, it's forcing development policies that have to be approved oftentimes ministerially and that are being set by the state and not always by the city. Mm -hmm. Generally speaking, the league is opposed to by right zoning um, because we're really we're opposed to the state mandating how we develop our communities. Mm -hmm. um, 
really because it cuts the community out of it. If the state says you have to do X, Y, or Z, but the community says we want X, Y, or Z, they don't always align. Um, and the state dictating how a community should be developed and um, really takes away the voice of the members of that community and you know the whole goal of that community. Um, I know we have a lot of very diverse cities within mm -hmm. the WRCOG region and they're really proud of what makes them unique and diverse and by right a lot of times strips that away. Mm -hmm. That That's a really good point and I think it goes back to what you were saying earlier of this one size fits all kind of like that's the heart of the approach of it sometimes or it can feel like it at least. Um, so switching gears a little bit, I wanted to get your take on COVID-19 and the spread of um, the virus throughout California. So what do you think should be the next steps taken by the state to address the current cases as well as contain the spread of COVID-19? You know, when it comes to COVID and housing, they're really not correlated from what we can see. But I know that COVID is dictating a lot of policies um, there's the eviction moratoriums, and I think it's really opened up the eyes that there is a growing disparity between classes and what people can afford, and I don't think that's going to go away. Um, you know, really, the league's just here to support the cities and providing resources about, you know, what the state is saying. Um, how we can work together, best practices. I think that this year, more than any other year, um, the information being shared on what cities are doing to stay open, what cities are doing to help their community, what cities are doing to help with the businesses has been really beneficial, especially here in Riverside County. I know that our cities have really um, partnered with each other and, hey, we're doing this, do you wanna do it? Let me send you the information. Mm -hmm. And I think it's been really great and making sure that our region has thrived as best we can in this environment. But it's definitely rough because the resources are really stretched thin. Mm -hmm. The longer we stay shut down, the harder it is. You know, cities have different struggles. Each community has a different struggle, but ultimately, you know, they're using their funds the best they can to support their communities, but they need more support from the state and federal levels in order to be successful. And as we've already said, you know, the, the cities are where it all starts, you know, mm -hmm. cities need to be successful for the state to be successful. So I think that more than ever, we just, cities need resources. Mm -hmm. And um, since I'm not a medical expert, I don't really know um, how we can stop the spread of the virus. <laughs> but I think that as long as we are all working together, you know, I really think that government at the higher levels in particular need to do the best they can to build back the trust of the community. Mm -hmm. um, as it, like we said earlier, it's a trickle down effect. The cities are on the front line and when people don't understand where the rules are being made and who's responsible for the rules, it does cause a lot of confusion and frustration and it does make it hard for the cities to continue to provide essential services that are vital. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I'm not an expert on, on any sort of public health, but I can just say from a policy side, 
you know, the League of California Cities, Cal Cities, we just really want to make sure that, like I said, the, the cities are getting the resources and the support they need, and we'll continue advocating for that. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's definitely rough, but um, just to reiterate, here in Riverside County, the partnerships have been really amazing. The programs that all of our cities have been enacting this past year are impressive. Um, I think that they should be a model. They have been, in some cases, a model for the state. I know several of our cities have done presentations at state league conferences, virtual conferences, and shared what they've done. I think we're really lucky that we have such strong leadership here mm -hmm. in our region. Um, I'm really proud to work with the cities in this region. And at the elected official level and the staff level, I think that I think that we could be a real model for the rest of the state in some regards. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm hoping that that continues. I'm hoping that the state will notice, you know, that we're doing a really good job here. Mm -hmm. um, and but we do need the resources. I think as a region too, we are so thankful for the league's direction um, and just information sharing, generally speaking, because there is so much content. So to be able to have a spokesperson like yourself to be able to bring people together from a very diverse set of backgrounds from a jurisdiction perspective is really helpful um, in being able to communicate in a more unified perspective. Um, but kind of closing out our time, I wanted to take a step back. We've been talking about maybe some more of the minute details of housing and COVID and growing responsibly. And I wanted just to hear your thoughts on what you hope to see happen in California and maybe more specifically our region over the next five years. My hope for our region is definitely to have a stronger voice and to be recognized as more of a powerhouse um, that we are. You know, we've got a lot of really great things here. We've got a lot of good tourism. We've got a lot of good development. We've got, you know, a lot of the um, big box distributors. I mean, we've just got such a diverse area. We've got diverse resources. We've just, we've got a really... Um, I think a really great perspective that represents the state, you know, all in just one little tiny, well, not so tiny, big county. <laughs> um, so I would really like to see more spotlight being given to us. Um, you know, it's not always about LA and the Bay Area, you know, we've got a lot to offer the state as well. I think that we already have the groundwork for that and really do hope that we get some additional representation because people have been moving to our region, you know, mm -hmm. they're moving out of the big cities and they're coming out here. And, you know, I really do hope that we get some additional jobs that can support that. So people don't have to commute to Orange County, to LA, to San Diego, to wherever they're commuting. I think that if we can get some of that um, happening here, we already are, we've already had a lot of progress and improvements. I know that getting the medical school was a big deal. Mm -hmm. We've gotten some some additional judges in the region. You know, we are bringing some tech jobs to the region. I think as long as we can continue to grow that, we'll just be stronger and stronger, and that will just help us long term. Um, I'm also hoping that we will be able to maintain a lot of our uniqueness and that our communities will be able to continue with a lot of their local control and to set the policies that are appropriate for them and that our communities are engaged and the citizens are engaged and that, um, you know, that our cities are still the trusted front of the line 
go to in the political spectrum. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I, I 100% agree. I'd love to see more representation as well as I love being able to watch and be a part of um, our region growing and thriving. Um, so with that said, thank you so much for taking the time to be on our podcast today, Erin. Do you have any final remarks before we sign off? Well, I just want to say that um, I appreciate this opportunity. I appreciate the partnership with WR Cog. I know that we work really well together. Um, you know, I, I'm proud of our cities. I'm proud of the job we do. And I just hope that, you know, the next couple of years we can move out of this together and continue <laughs> to progress and that we'll thrive. Amen. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time. For more information on WRCOG and the COGCAST, please visit our website at www.wrcog.us. For more information about Riverside County's efforts on COVID-19, please visit rivcoph.org slash coronavirus. 